What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. As this is the very, very first episode, um, I'm actually turning tables. So I'm Katrina Collier, and I shall be hosting the episodes. But rather than host this time, I'm actually going to be the guest. And I'm passing over the mantle to my gorgeous friend, Claire Bush. Couldn't think of anyone else to do this. So thank you so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So you get to ask all the questions. I do. Shall we start Uh-oh. at the very beginning? A very good place to start. I think so too. <laughs> I'm just um, that earworm. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we've known each other for a while now and I've yes. known about the damage of words for a long time. Um, but I want, I want to kind of take you back to the beginning and yeah. when, when did you really start to really accept that this is your story, that the Mm. abuse that you'd suffered was there and actually it was the right time Mm. to address it. Oh, this is what I asked my guests. And it's funny because you get lots of different moments, but I genuinely, genuinely fell into help. Uh, A bit like I fell into the recruitment industry. (laughs) It was, I, I was at a crossroads um, something had happened, of course, you know, the universe had given me a kick. I can see that now. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And as it was, Richard, my ex-husband had introduced me to a brilliant woman called Bridget Hunt about my nutrition. And she said, we were just passing comments. She went, you need to go and talk to Michelle Zali. And that flippant remark and that quick introduction changed my life. Mm. I believe Michelle Zali is the only person that had, could have got through the defenses I had up because they were thick. They started getting laid on at age three. Um, and But I didn't know I was going in. So it's sort of like I think if I'd known that I was taking the step, the one that I want to use this podcast to encourage everybody to take, I think if I'd known I'd been taking that, I might not have taken it. Yeah. But now I've kind of got out the other side. I'm like, please take the step, please, please. The first one is the hardest. Just do it. It's like you'll see. Yeah. Um, but it took a very, very long time to accept the word abuse. And it is interesting writing my memoir because there are people who will tell me that it wasn't abuse because my mother is a brilliant actress, as anyone who has a narcissistic person in their life, be it parent or whatever, knows that their ability to gaslight, to, so to make you feel like you don't, you know, what's happening is all your fault stroke, not true. Mm. Um, but also the the masks that they put on and the pretense that she would have everybody believing that she was an angel. Um, so it's, it is tough (laughs) and it's taken a while to get to that point. So, but I got there and I'm glad because I'm writing it. (laughs) No, and it's a phenomenal thing as well. I think the, the courage that you've, you've shown and that you keep displaying to revisit this question and not just revisit for yourself, but actually to really create a a clear pathway for others to sort of step Uh, on. I'm totally doing it for others. I yeah. really am. Um, one is <laughs> sort of a strange one is when I speak, when I'm on stage, I have all of these little young 
people looking, that sounds very patronising, but young people looking at me all doe-eyed, like, wow, look at her. And they're often girls that are doing it, you know, young women. And I'm like, I used to feel like you feel, I used to feel like I couldn't do this. And I was Mm. full of utter self-loathing not that long ago. Yeah. My teens, my 20s, my 30s, I only fell into healing in my 40s. And here I am now at 52. And it's like, I was that person. Like I was genuinely terrified of all of that. And it's like, I just feel like I have to encourage people to find that self-love, care and compassion because the world changes, as you know, it changes so hugely when you find that. They actually, you kind of like, I can do anything within reason. I'm never going to be a brain surgeon, but it's that, that feeling. So there's that. And then the the frustration I feel at, you know, someone I know who's a physio that talks people out of chiropractor and I think, how dare she? Like, don't let anyone talk you out of whatever treatment helps you. Just find your thing. It's your body and your life. And then just I want to demystify, just demystify all of the very strange healing modalities that I have used that have provided me great help and great release and great clearing. And, yeah, so it's it's sort of threefold, but. I think yeah. it, I just want, I want I want others to feel the way I feel. That's phenomenal. Just, and again, really giving because you are giving. You're you're a beautiful mm. giving person. That connection to anybody that knows you as well as I do, they'll immediately go. You, you not just are a friend, but you embody the spirit and the soul of your friends. And you kind of. You do. You you really oh, you support in a, such a level. Oh, bless you. Um, <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> um, talked about that journey yeah, a little I, bit. It's because I wasn't like that, and that's yeah. why I get emotional. And I wasn't like that in my twenties and my thirties. I was so lost, and I was so full of self hatred. And actually, interestingly, for so for other podcasts that will follow this, I talk about this, like how horrible and judgmental I was of other people because I was repeating her trauma I was reliving it over and over and I was that person Mm. and now so when you say what you say it means so much because of how far I've come and I think even if I look back over the last 10 years of knowing you I've seen that transformation from an initial spiky who are you you know kind of chance meeting to then actually knowing you as well as I do now yeah but in terms of that journey just I want to go back and Sort of try and align it a little bit more to, you talk about your 20s, 30s, 40s. In this journey that I know has been really recent in terms of the exploration and Mm. the route to healing, but where do you think you needed to have been? Do you need to, did you need to be in your 40s to find healing or could you have started this anytime along that path? I, 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 sometimes wish I had started at 20. Um, however, and there, there will be people listening who this will really resonate with. I know people who started their journey in their 60s. Mm. It doesn't matter. It happens when the time is right. We have, as a generation, so much what I call generational trauma that we have the opportunity to heal. Never before have there been so many different healing modalities that we now have access to. Yeah, We owe it to ourselves not to pass it on. And it doesn't matter when it happens. So for me, it happened to be 40. Um, I know other, again, I know others started in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Others might start in their 80s. It doesn't matter. It's just when you kind of just go, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. And you don't have to. Um, I Yeah, I genuinely do sometimes wish it was in my 20s, but I wouldn't have been open to it and I wouldn't have done the work. Um, so it's, there is that, 
when you start realizing that you're playing this pattern in your head, you have to become consciously aware of it. So you Mm -hmm. need to sometimes actually stop yourself to actively go, why are you thinking that? Like, stop. Well, I'm going to start thinking about my dog who's adorable, you know, like switch your train. And I don't think I could have done that at that time. But that doesn't mean someone listening, it was me. Like, yeah. yeah. That mental agility to, like you say, kind of put pause on the runaway train that's going on up here and just have an out-of-body moment. I think I agree with you as well. I mean, yeah, there's definite carriage of shit that we all take with us (laughs) daily. Um, Mm. And I'm just, I'm wondering as well, like we talk about the tools, you talk about modalities of healing. Yeah. What, What was the, talk us through that first sort of recognition of or even opening the box of healing tools yeah. there talk us through that tell us how that all oh started my gosh. for you and what it, did it it genu- I mean it genuinely started so I went to Michelle Zelly I can't honestly I can remember this so clearly sitting opposite her and she's glaring me down with her witchy eyes um I now know <laughs> that we no genuinely I now know that we actually know each other from a past life where we were witches so it's not surprising I was getting that vibe and she I was prattling away about I don't know what and I was talking about taking my Labrador through Blackheath Village and how irritated I feel when people won't walk around me by the way I still feel irritated when people won't walk around me when I have my dog but that's beside the point and um, (laughs) she just said Kara I'm just going to stop you there. Let's just go back to that. And she literally just started peeling layers off the onion. There is this thing, um, and we talked about it before we came on, that that people think that you rip the lid off, that it's Pandora's box. None of us would heal if that happened. It is mm. layers off an onion. Now, I have trauma. Some people have neglect. Others just have something that's holding them back. But none of us can really face it with a because we've layered it and we've covered it and we've masked it and we've got to get to it. So she just started peeling all the layers off. Um, We did something that I wish more people would do. We did a lot of inner child work. Like just before when I felt emotional, it was like, oh, there's my inner child. She's feeling really emotional. So I put my hand here and I soothed her. And it's like, you know, learning that connection between functional adult that's talking now and the inner child when they feel scared and, you know, the big sign a lot of people walking around as inner teenagers constantly numbing with <laughs> alcohol and drugs and slamming doors and, you know, misbehaving all the time because their inner child's scared, functional adults vacated. You know, it's so that was a huge part. Um, and she just started, we started, and then I got to say all the stuff I didn't get to say as a child in every session. Mm-hmm. So I got to call in my mom or my dad or whoever it was required and vent. <laughs> And just get it all off my chest and release the energy. And I call it releasing energy because I grew up in childhood trauma, I have become an empath. So I was born as a highly sensitive person. So I feel everything at a completely higher level, like one in five to six people is a highly sensitive person. But then I became an empath, which means you kind of embody, you learn to read the energy and the feeling to find out if you're safe or not. Yeah. So I had embodied a lot of it. So it was actually letting it go. And because every time you let it go, you'd leave the session. I'd almost feel like I was floating, <laughs> like out of the session. Yeah. This was back when everything was in person. And I just float out. So it, <laughs> then it becomes like, why didn't I open the, like, why didn't I start peeling the layers to get to Pandora's box faster? Like I, yeah. I want to heal. I want to, it's, it's quite addictive once you start in a really good way. 
Yeah. That sounded and bad, then, didn't it? <laughs> no, not at all. No, and it isn't, you know. And and again, having done quite a lot of the work as well myself, I yeah. know and understand that that addiction. It is, you know, for anybody who's a an exercise adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. yeah. this is for the mind the same yes. type of endorphin release. Because yeah. I mean, you are actually learning to love yourself. So you yeah. do need that endorphin relief relief. Release, release, release as well at the same time. Relief and release. Yeah. It's funny because when I didn't like who I was as a human being, I used to go, and actually maybe when you first met me, I probably still wasn't quite there, but I would go to an event and I would expect to be disliked and therefore I would be disliked. So it could be a party or whatever, and I would just expect that people would like to dislike me. I would try too hard and I'd be unlikable. But the opposite doesn't happen. So you don't become full of self-love and then walk around going, look at me, I'm so fabulous. You know, mind you, I am sporting a gorgeous pink top. You are um, very fabulous looking today. I'm feeling fabulous today. <laughs> but you don't. What you do is you just go in with no agenda. You go in with no thinking about it. You just think, well, if they don't like me, they don't like me. And mm. that's the, actually the, the energy. So it's, yeah. it's less about, oh, God, you know, they're all going to love me, but more about, I love who I am, and if they like me, that's great. And if they don't, that's their choice. I am Vegemite at the end of the day. That's probably not going to change. I'm very opinionated. <laughs> but that that isn't that isn't on anybody else, and it's not even on no. you. It's no. it's just the way you are as an individual, and we yeah. should celebrate that, all of our individual traits exactly. and and you know warts and all. I kind of yeah. think that you and, know that might be a saying that's. Again, it's words, isn't it? But at the same time, actually, that acceptance of good yeah. and a bit knobbly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, actually, it's, it's interesting you point the words out with that because one of the things is when you're full of self-love, you don't care. I don't care yeah. what gender someone is, what colour they are, anything. I care yeah. about their behaviour towards me. If they're horrible towards me, sure. But I think we've forgotten how important words are. And, mm. you know, we grew up in the generation where sticks and stones won't sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me which is actually prompted the beginning of the book because what a lie to grow up and now you have people online trolling people and they're killing people they're killing people with their words and it's like we must understand that but when you have self-love you wouldn't dream of doing that you know we've all written an angry post but I've not published so many because I'm like well hang on you're just a bit annoyed by that I really does that just delete it move on because I've got that self-worth yeah. and that self-love so I, I hope to inspire so many people to get to that point oh no so I think yeah I mean again <laughs> this this whole sort of the podcast the book all of these layers uh, are creating those sort of um step stones for people to really kind of jump on and, and, yeah. and work on that program so I know that we've talked about this as well in the past and I love I love listening <laughs> to you and and hearing your knowledge and insight into all of the space of what I call woo, which isn't woo at all. Love, love a bit of woo. Yeah. It's not at all. Talk us through Claire Sentient and Claire Cognizance and Claire Audience and all the other Claire's yeah. besides, obviously, my lovely self. <laughs> obviously, we're talking to Claire about Claire. Um, <laughs> And like my middle name is Michelle. So I think it's interesting, Claire, Claire, and you're very spiritual as well. And then my middle name is Michelle Archangel Michael. It's like, yeah. Um, 
so that's really bizarre. I actually just said my middle name out loud. So few people know it. I just so rarely tell people. You know, you, you do realize you're going to have to go and change all your passwords oh, and everything. <laughs> I don't use it for any of my passwords. Um, strangely. Um, so we are all born with our clair, so our clairvoyance, clairsentience, whichever one it is, they're all open. But what usually happens as children is when we start saying things that are a bit obscure, we get shut down. Mm. So we're not believed um, or we're dismissed or whatever. So very few people actually go through their whole life going, oh, I'm clairvoyant, I see images or I'm this, that, and the other. So clairsentient is about feeling. So it's a d- different empathy. Yeah. So I could, with as an empath, I could feel. So actually I do this a lot with my mate, Steve Usher. Um, I can feel in his body what's going on. Like I can go, whoa, what's going on here? But I can't necessarily say what's behind it. Someone who's clairsentient would know. So I can't yeah. do that. But I'm claircognizance. I have this innate knowing. Super annoying. Just ask my ex-husband, like the time that I knew he was going to have a car accident and he went and had a car accident and then got no sympathy. He was fine, by the way. I just hastened to add. <laughs> But it was like, I told you that was going to happen because he's very logical. But now he's got 23 years of evidence that when I know something, I know something. And it's a very super annoying trait. But the other one that really has come back, so I imagine I had it and then it's come back, is my Claire audience. Mm. Now, you um, experienced this firsthand. So when you're clairaudient, you can hear past souls. Um, I can hear guides. I can hear angels. I have to tune in and do it. But we were at a, where were we? Where were we? Dinner. It was at Louise's birthday. We were having Louise's lunch. Birthday. It was like, yeah. and all I was getting was, tell Claire this, tell her, tell her. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, and I was passing on. And that actually, that piece of information, which will stay highly confidential, was actually life-changing. And you came back to me later and, she's, yeah, and you said, I did what you said. Yeah. I didn't know where that was coming from. And that's when you first realise your Claire audience is a bit like, what the hell? And the very first experience I had of realizing I was hearing past souls was with my beautiful friend, Mark Mansour. And we were in Australia and I I'd only just met him. So I didn't know his backstory. And we were extremely drunk, which I do not recommend that anybody ever passes on messages if they have the gift when they're drunk, because they can be quite devastating. But anyway, thankfully, and I, I didn't know his sister had passed. I didn't know any of this. I was just telling him what I was hearing. And again, life-changing. So Mm. it was me starting to realize, oh, okay, so you have this interesting gift. But the other thing that's fascinating (laughs) when you start getting into this is a lot of people are given labels. So they're told they're ADHD. I have another friend who was told they're autistic. And when she got talking to me, I went, no, you're clairaudient. And she went, huh? And so we have an incredible rich inner dialogue to the point like, a conversation will go back and forth. For example, I have this really silly habit of making my lunch between the fridge and the stove. It, I have so much bench space and for some reason I make my lunch there. And I was cutting the head off a radish and it flew behind the fridge. And the dialogue went along the lines of, you know, you shouldn't make your lunch there. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Now I have to go and get that radish. Yep, that was really dumb, wasn't it? And it's this, <laughs> most people don't do that. Most people don't have that kind maybe, of a dialogue. Maybe it's most just, people can't recognise that that attuned voice because they, like you say, you just yeah. have been told to not listen to it or not listen to it, to not hear or like, to not acknowledge not. it even. Well, you can because that would be weird, out. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. but as but a you child, can freak people out. 
I suppose, it's, yeah, it's, I kind of... It's very, very, very common. So another friend of mine, his um, two daughters who are really, really young, he, his wife is clairvoyant and his two daughters, and he's actually, his gift has opened since he's been there, but they, yeah. there was a spirit in their room. And, the, and the, as a baby, he used to like stare and, and then his wife would go, yeah, yeah, there's a spirit in the room. And it, it's, it's actually really common. It's just that people don't talk about it yeah. um, because we were all born with it. But the, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say about the past souls. It was, oh, the, the, so what I've written in the book is the evidence. So mm-hmm. all the time I want people to understand. So I've had a lot of past life work. Um, there is evidence. There's someone has studied 3,000 children who have perfectly recalled their last past life to the point they might have a deformity of a limb, for example, or they might have a birthmark that that particular person who's on a completely different part of the planet also had. Wow. And it's the recall and the accuracy. And it's like, so once I started doing this work and just started accepting and started opening, again, life just got so much easier. But is it for everybody to understand? Possibly not. Some people just will want to logic it away because they just can't. They're not ready. Let's talk about uh, that. I've just learned to accept that. Mm. Let's talk about the logic piece because I think in this very busy world that we are in Mm. and the transformation over the last couple of years of how your work life and your life basically has evolved, where does this sit? within your world right now where where Mm. is this open-mindedness this ability to see hear feel Mm. on another dimension that's bigger than most people can even comprehend but yet you're having normal day-to-day conversations with people supporting them in their day-to-day problems challenges and everything else where does it fit oh I think it's um so what's really interesting about that there's a few different answers to that one is that schooling and and further education and work cuts us off from our gut and our heart. Yep. And it has been proven, and again, this is all in the book, I'm trying to put the science in, that the vagus nerve runs up. So our brain up here gets stuff from the gut and the heart and it gets that lot, like that intuition yeah. and that like what's your, what makes you light up. It gets that information first, but we've been taught to shut it down. Look how miserable people are. Look how many people that aren't doing the thing that makes them sit up and buzz because of that. So Mm. I've learned, and this was thanks to Laura Borland, actually. She said, what makes you sit up and buzz? Only ever say yes to anything that's like, oh, my God, I want to do that. If it's like if you just slump, the answer is no. And that was really helping me with that gut, that intuition. Plus, I've learned if I ignore my intuition, yeah, I've learned. I know what it sounds like. (laughs) Don't do that, Katrina, idiot. Don't do it. Um, And I mean that in the kind way of calling yourself an idiot, not in harsh. Anyway, so there's sort of that side. And then when it comes to my work, so I run a lot of design thinking facilitation, for example, or when I speak, I can feel the energy. So that Mm -hmm. is a gift from my trauma is that I can literally read the energy in the room and therefore I know where to put my, my energy to make them have a great experience or potentially to stop them impacting others. Um, you can actually play with the energy so that their negativity doesn't bother others so that it's a success. Um, I don't necessarily know I'm doing it. That's what the choice bit is. But I think from a day-to-day it's like I'm not going to do it if I'm not sitting up and buzzing. If someone approaches me about work and I go, I showed this this morning, someone approached me and asked me to do something, I don't want to do that, and I flung it over to people I know who love doing that. I was like, "Mm, no, 
I did that years ago. I'm not doing that anymore. And it was, <laughs> you know, so it's, am I going to sit up? Am I going to buzz? Yes. And I think the funny thing is as well, um, oh, again, this is all in the book. I've written so much stuff already. Um, we, we're taught that to make money is hard. We're taught that mm. there's a scarcity. We're taught there's want and lack. And actually there's not. And I think when you get onto the spiritual path, when you start believing, you understand that you can genuinely manifest, you know, woo-woo word, but you can genuinely manifest the life you want and yeah. that there is no, there's no scarcity. There is enough no. for everybody. There's more than enough. Um, it is getting that abundant mindset. But where we are at the moment, you know, there is a lot of fear and scaremongering um, and I could really go into that on a woo-woo scale, but we won't just for the sake of time. Love to read okay. the book. <laughs> There definitely is a massive big point to reading the book for sure. I know. In terms and you've just of, outed me and my spiritual, haven't you? Now the way I have, know. haven't I? I've done it really early on. But I think it's really I'm important out of the closet. because yeah. you know, I think all the best minds these days are on that path already. There's a dimensional yeah, yeah. perspective that you can't you can't really succeed, I don't think, in this world because mm. it's so kind of chaotic and yeah. introverted in I'm and I don't mean introverted as in the introvert expert I just feel yeah, yeah. like so much navel gazing and so much kind of yeah programming that wraps you in in on, on itself that actually yeah. unless you have that sixth sense really turned mm. on yeah you're you're not going to see where your rainbows are or where where you're yeah golden pathways right isn't it when you think about the people you look up to so I actually went to a concert I so rarely do that I went to pink now she is a light worker that woman loves who she is she loves her family unit she loves the people that she she's created a family in her work family and then she loves that audience and those fans and she makes sure everything's fine and she is so down to earth and so grounded yeah and but everything is about love and helping people and it's funny it's it's funny when you think about all this oh, stuff that goes on and all this, oh, gosh, they're trans and they're this or they're non-binary and they're this. It's like we have, all of us have male and female energy and we all flip between the two and there's been this beautiful rise of the divine feminine energy and if we'd all just embraced it and accepted we all have it, we all flip between male and female and actually when we're in that beautiful feminine energy, look what we can create. Look at the healing we can create. Look yeah. at you know, how game-changing it is and I think – that's what's so concerning to the patriarchy is that there is this rise and there is this change and there are all these individuals who are embracing their feminine energy, maybe they male, female, non-binary, it doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. embracing that loving kindness and they are creating something that's like a, it's almost like a revolution, isn't it? But like a light revolution. Yeah. And the patriarchy no, is right. not liking it so much. <laughs> It's well, falling and it's not liking it's like clinging on. <laughs> the thing is as well, with the noise that I think is being now resonated and it's that, that yeah. reverberation of good that I yeah. see in the light like you talk about yeah. and I've seen that myself as well. There are so many people stepping up for others, yeah. but first Essential. for themselves because they have to do the work yeah. for themselves and then step up to yeah. support others. You and cannot I think, help yeah. others if you don't, if you haven't. Actually, let me clarify that. Help yourself. Because actually, if you are following anyone on social media who says that they have healed, hmm, snake oil, 
Right. Yeah. So I have healed my wound, but there is still a scar. So therefore I can trigger. Nobody's yeah. completely healed and will never trigger again. So just be wary of that when you're selecting who you work with as well. I just, yeah, want to throw that in. Yeah. Well, actually, that's <laughs> a good point. So we're going to start mm. thinking about wrapping up. But also I wanted to talk about, you know, what's next? What's, what's in terms of the podcast, obviously you've got mm. a number of beautiful souls that you're going to be talking to. Yeah. What's the the sort of premise for this as the starting point or at least another open door for people to really kind yeah. of help step through? I just think if we could just normalize the conversation, I mean, we hear that a lot, don't we? And we do have these talks about mental health, but mine is very specifically about step one uh-huh. because people can get to the point that they need help, but they don't take the step. So I want to tell so many different people's stories, wherever they are on the path, they might only be a year into healing. Like, you know, they might be barely there, but what made them take the step and what have they already found? Because you very quickly, like we talked about, you very quickly find, oh, you know, gosh, wow, that wasn't so bad. And I guess I would like people to intentionally do it. You know, (laughs) I felt, I I mean, thank goodness the universe put Michelle Zelly in front of me and I was able to do that. Thank goodness. But, but, you know, I would like people to intentionally choose. And it's like, it's okay. Like you will be safe. And and then, and then keep going because you might, I I went along with Michelle for a while and then I needed other things and other people. And then I decided to work on DNA and past life and you name it, which might be for you, might not, but that's okay. Like it's keep going, keep trying, don't plateau. Um, yeah. So, so that my my hope is, and I, I feel this is going to happen that you know people just read the book and they might pass it on to someone. And say, oh God, read this book. Just you just might find something in there for you. And the podcast mm-hmm. is the same. Um, just to encourage, uh, genuinely, yeah. That's all I can think is I want to encourage that one step because it's the mm-hmm. hardest step. Yeah, I assume yeah, you'll no, agree definitely. when you you went okay I need help now I've got to call someone <laughs> or message no, and, and or totally. whatsapp or text or <laughs> yeah yeah and I think I think that's the thing it's like finding finding that person that you can go thank you I mm. kind of now I know what I need to do and you've just helped me realize that actually that step isn't as daunting and we talked about it just before coming on yeah. but you know that that preconceived idea that trauma therapy Mm. or um even just healing or even just you know the fact that we sit there and go I need to go to the gym because I feel unhealthy Mm. you know that first step of actually walking into a gym I mean I've got stories of getting stuck walking into a gym but that's for another day (laughs) you know that whole whole sort of first step piece if we can demystify it and show that actually there's so many doors that can open this one up here it's ego over yeah. heart. And you can call it whatever you want, inner critic, inner mentor. Um, I, I, I'll call it inner being at times. I'll call it soul, whatever you wish, right? Heart's what you want to be following. That's that's yeah. the one that's quite a voice, never going to lead you astray. This is loud, man. And when you've been through trauma like mine, it's even louder because you've got someone else's voices in your head, you know, and, and it constantly tearing you down. Ego wants to keep you, I mean, you hear it, the cliche, don't you? Life's outside the comfort zone. It wants to keep you small and safe because mm. it, it helped you through your childhood. When you've been through childhood trauma, it's overdeveloped. It, yeah. It's even bigger and wanting to keep you small. It's much more of a cast iron box. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, but actually it's, it's, an, it's enough. And sometimes you can just say, ego, can you just 
you know, I'd, I'd really like to hear soul and hear heart and see hear what's going on and just, you know, really quietly sitting. But again, I mean, when I go back to the, we go, there's a lot of distraction, isn't there? So, mm. you know, why don't people go to the gym? Well, I could just pick my phone up and I can doom, is it doom scroll as well as the next person? I tend <laughs> to find the funnies though. I look for the funnies and go past the depression. But, you know, it's it's like we have a lot of distractions um, yeah. and I feel that a lot of people are being distracted from listening and stopping yeah. and being quiet. There's this, you must always be doing something. No, actually walking with no headphones, being able to just hear the world is not a bad thing. But <gasps> listen to a podcast or, or should we just yeah. be quiet? Fill um, the time. So, I think that's it, isn't it? It's mm. a kind of if we can rage against filling time and just be. Yeah. Be. Um, and a lot of people are uncomfortable to be initially because it is scary being by yourself in yourself with yourself if you don't yeah, know how initially. to listen yeah. talk back or even address i suppose mm. yeah so this is there's, awesome there's help there's definitely help what else is coming what can you say is coming next what's the last bit that we're leaving the what listeners is coming with? after this i don't know I don't know what's coming next. I feel this is going to open a lot of doors because I feel the message needs to be heard. So I'm excited to see what happens. You know, I I, I hoped my first book, like the Robot Proof Recruiter, would do well, but this has just got a whole other energy to it. it mm. feel, when I read it back, I'm like, wow, there's so much healing in here. There's so much to inspire people to just change and to just realise the impact as well. You know, yeah. I grew up in the ripple of a suicide. I grew up in the ripple of trauma, the the, the energy behind words. And I think that even just that realisation for some people will be like, actually, hang on, am I passing this on? <gasps> I don't want to be doing that. You know, like I had it yeah. passed on, like enough, it stops with me. And I just feel like, I, I don't know, I just feel like I'll be heading off in a different direction, being able to talk about this and inspire people. And I think mm-hmm. as we were talking about before I came on, because I'm so grounded and normal and I think that has I do have these incredible spiritual gifts but I don't seem like I do I just seem really normal to people so I think they might hear the message better hopefully I hope so because I just I'd love people to feel like the happiness that I feel now so well on behalf of everybody who's yet to listen and on behalf of everybody who's yet to read the damage of words which is coming soon I want to say thank you thank you for doing this Thank you. Are you making me cry again? Stop me it. too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for opening that door and being really brave and courageous for all of us. Really appreciate it. Ah, you're so welcome. It's an honour. It's a true honour. Thanks, Claire. Thank you for hosting this, by the way. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I don't need any any kind of excuse to sit and have a chat with you. So yeah, anytime. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave. How vulnerable all to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalize this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.